Cristo. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Jeff is... Who the hell is Jeff? I'm, I'm so glad I get to talk about Cox. I'm really happy. Dicks. Yay. Well, look at it this way. The first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome to the main event of your wrestling week. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, the intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Since it is an odd-numbered week, I am not joined by our, my normal co-host. Hey! Tr- hey. You, what, are you, what are you doing here? You were here last week. Oh. Well, shit. Man... That's, drugs will do that to you, dude. Huh. Well, I guess let me that, just get out of this host chair and I'll slide over. All right. All right. All right. I pull my pants up. Hold on. Yeah. No, pull them down. All right. Here we go. All right. Go, All right. go have at it. All right. Welcome to the Ronda Wrestling Podcast, episode 372. I am your host, Troy. That's right. For some odd reason, I am here in back to back weeks. Joining me, the stunt cock of the rundown, Jason, is here. Uh, I think you mean workhorse. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's what you meant to say. No, not at all. No. Workhorse cock, maybe? There you go. There you go. And joining us as well, Jeff's here. Oh. <clears throat> yep, I'm here. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, we got a uh, we got a big show today. Um, we obviously that's right. The second time somebody else has been introduced in a nice way, and then I've just gotten Jeff. <laughs> well, technically, I did it to Sal last time, so that's true. So I said I said massive cock, Jason, monstrous dong, Jeff, and Sal. Oh yeah, all right, we're all good though. But Jeff is happy because we're talking about Cox. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Pretty much uh, this week, my street lamp size cock is joined by the Twin Towers size cocks that are Jeff and Jason. <laughs> Lots of rooster talk on this episode already. A lot. Well, you know. Uh, Wait, you guys just, you're spoiling me. <laughs> that's right. The only way it doesn't get better if I had two in my hands right now. <laughs> Well, that could be arranged. So, we're going to uh, go ahead and transition from Jeff's idea of a perfect night to... Bagwell still doing uh, hooker dates? Or... <laughs> can you can you recall the last time that you have not stepped all over my transition to the perfect time? <laughs> it's my fucking bit now, dude. 
You say that shit like it's accidental. <clears throat> All right. Oh, sorry, were you introing something? No, I wasn't. See, because now you're going to have to try to figure out where to put in that, that sound bite. What you should do is put it in right in, this, in the... The perfect ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! Middle of a sentence, I'm saying. That'll, that'll make it really good. We start off the perfect ten this week <laughs> by saying... Hashtag fuck tech teams. Raw opened up with, because we can't have nice things, a tag team battle royale to decide who was going to be team captain. Because the best way to choose a captain of a team that needs to be a cohesive unit is to have them beat the ever-loving piss out of every single person on the team. Okay, and, and can we just run down the marquee of tag teams that was in this thing, right? We get uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Uh-huh. We had the Ascension. Yep. We had the Revival, legit yep. tag team. We had the Lucha House Party. <coughs> yep. And uh, who am I forgetting? The B Team. The B Team, okay. And, and Slater and, and Rhino. And Slater so, and Rhino. So you have five teams on the Survivor Series thing. The winning team would be the captains, and they would get to select their team which really consists of just deciding which one of these fucking teams doesn't get on, because there's only six total. So, you have three, three former tag team champions, and you decide one of those teams is not going to be on on your your, your team. Because that's what happened. Mm. He's Slater and Reiner are former tag team champions. They're not on this team. The Revival, Rude and Gable, Lucha House Party, those three teams haven't won any title belts. Did Kalista win the... T- no, that was the NXT tag titles, right? <laughs> that was the NXT tag titles, yeah. Okay. And, of course, the B-team were most recent Raw tag team champions. Right. And the Ascension have never won tag team belts. There's a lot of so. NXT tag team championships in that mix, though. That is true, because you had the Revival, you had the Ascension, and you had uh, the Lucha Dragons. Didn't Bo Dallas hold it with somebody at one point? No, Bo Dallas was just NXT champion. Okay. You're thinking about uh, Adrian Neville. And Corey Graves, that's right. And 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 Oliver Grave too. And oh, sorry, not Oliver Grave. Oliver Gray also was tag team champion with Adrian Neville. He was okay. a two time NXT champion. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. Of. And Gable obviously won half of American Alpha. Right. <clears throat> glad we worked that shit out. Yeah, I'm 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 very glad on that too because it didn't matter because this match didn't actually happen and we're going to transition that into talking. <laughs> Yeah, so Braun Strowman came out, destroyed all the tag teams. So, of course, Again. that got me thinking that Braun was just going to be the entirety of the Raw tag team. We were going to see team for, Yeah, or, or we were going to see the kid that Braun Strowman was totally inside at one point. <laughs> but no, instead, Braun is just like, fuck this stuff. Nobody cares about it. What everyone cares about is me bitching about the fact that even though I lost to Brock Lesnar... Yeah, you could say he got hit by his title belt right over that. He demanded that he gets another shot at it, which, of course, brought out Stephanie McMahon. Oh, we are mixing topics here, but cool. Let's do it. I I told you, man, we're going to fly through this. Braun proceeded. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Stephanie said that if Braun led Team Raw to a victory, he could have anything he wanted. And he chose that ass. And Stephanie was like, done. <laughs> right now, right now, my husband, he's got a little little problem with one of his titties. His, pe- and, his peckers hurt. 
Yep, his Packers favorite. He can't he can't do it. Plus, Shawn Michaels is back in, in shape, and you know he's pounding that ass. So Stephanie needs to get hers, and she wants to get them hands straight up her vagina. So, so yeah, so all Braun has to do is somehow find a way to get four other motherfuckers to not fuck things up too bad and beat Team SmackDown, who I well, have a guy. So, Go ahead. So he's got to beat five people on Team SmackDown. He legitimately just kicked the shit out of 12 people yes. at the top of the show. <laughs> yes. 12 people who, by the way, almost all of them have at one point in time held some kind of NXT or WWE gold. The only person who hasn't, of course, is Grand Metal Dick and Lindsay Dorado. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he just beat up a bunch of motherfuckers. He should have no problem finding his way into Stephanie's visage. But he didn't didn't want just that. He also wanted Baron Corbin because obviously like a threesome. Brock, right? Because obviously Brock Lesnar is not working TLC. We needed to have a match in between the two shows that he's actually booked for, and that's going to be Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. Wait, so you're going to put Braun Strowman in between Baron Corbin and Brock Lesnar? This shit's getting hot now. It is getting hot. That is a lot of man man meat. Stephanie's got <clears throat> Johnny Cockrock. It would be in heaven right now. Do you think that Braun and Brock could both fit the head of their cocks into Baron Corbin's weird-shaped belly button? <laughs> These are the kind of I thoughts that kept you out of the really good schools, isn't it, Troy? <laughs> it is, yeah. <clears throat> that belly button's never-ending, let's be honest. There's That's no true. bottom to it. You could fucking put it with <laughs> it's, there. Sort of like Stephanie's a, vagina. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's it's like a it's like a portal to another universe. Like you stick your dick in that, and you're like, I should be hitting stomach at this point, but it just continues to feel like the mouths of seventy two virgins. I don't know what's going on right now. Hashtag mine too. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, all joking aside, all threesomes aside, uh, fuck the tag teams. <clears throat> well, they they did double fuck the tag teams because they double fuck the tag teams. Yeah, because later, later on. The tag teams came back out, and they restarted the match, like, making them all look like fucking idiots, as if nothing had ever happened. Although my favorite part of the whole thing was Corey pretty much saying the exact same shit he had said earlier in the night. Like, yep. totally offended that the Lucha House Party got to have three people in this battle royal. Which was mm-hmm. kind of fucked, by the way. I'm glad yep. they didn't win. They didn't win. Because that would have been fucking really unfair. Um, well, also, nobody would have been able to understand their pep talks. Is that really a thing? If you're a team leader, you got to give a pep talk. Kalisto's Every- the best promo in the business, dude. What are you talking about? Look, look. Mark my fucking words. It is Survivor Series. On the pre-show, because that's where this match wound up. On the pre-show, there will be Bobby Roode and Chad Gable talking to every single one of the other tag teams and talking about how they need to win this. There will be a, pre- be a, a, a pep talk. And they didn't want to have Kalisto go out there and go, we need to... Uh, do you went at it alone? You became United States champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? Well, hey, I'm here. Like I said before, I'm here to shock the world. I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> to show my lucha art inside and outside the ring. But <clears throat> first of all, I can't stop thinking about Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin being on SmackDown. <laughs> I get to have my revenge. Is that scary? Hey, like I said, I'm here to stay. Make. Make a make a uh, a good good lucha lucha 
If that guy can't be the mouthpiece of your fucking team, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> By the way, what is Bobby Roode and Chad Gable's team dynamic? I don't, I don't quite get it. It's like they both like, like to say glorious. Uh, but uh, typically, what I've noticed is that Gable is a power bottom. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> Bobby and Chad Roode soon. Yes. Fucking. It, do do you like remember Billy. Billy and Chuck? I was just gonna say that. <laughs> Oh, God. So, wait, what, what we're saying here, though, after all this nonsense happens... Is that they're ready, willing, and gaping. <laughs> gaping? That's, that's when Stephanie's their manager. <laughs> um, the the Ascension is the third best tag team on Raw. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. I, like, was there ever a bigger indictment of your tag team division than this Battle Royal? Like, this is what we got. This is it. Yep, Con- Connor was the fucking playing the role of the big show in this battle royal. You know who was the happiest fucking people in the world watching this battle royal? AOP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're never losing these fucking titles. Until there's two singles, guys, they really want to get over, and then they'll take the shit off of us, like, in a flash. Yeah, but... let's, 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 not, uh, let's not sell Team SmackDown short. If it wasn't for the fact they called up Sanity, they wouldn't have had enough teams for this match. literally they're like they're like the usos of the new day are set who are the other three members the only other three fucking tag teams they have well i put i put those names in there before they announced it and didn't have to change anything what what we're gonna gonna do is we're gonna put all three members of sanity and all three members of the new day (laughs) we're gonna call eric young and xavier woods a tag team that's right (laughs) <laughs> Cause math. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so which tag team is going to be eliminated first? You think? We're not there yet. No, no, no. We're not there yet. You can do that during predictions. All right, save it. Gosh. If you were right. a team, I'm going to go through one by one of who's going to get eliminated. <laughs> if, you right. to, if you were to make a team out of Killian Dane and Xavier Woods, could you call them Big Harry Cock? Why? Why cock? Because we've seen Xavier Woods as a big cock. I guess. Not like your cock. I, well, I mean, few are, but... Right, well, we call you you of a big cock. Xavier Woods is like... Do you know like, the only time Jeff gets super excited on this show is when we talk about dicks? So the only time you guys let me cock. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Off the rails in the first topic. <laughs> I'm just let the three of us have a fucking show together. I'm not sure. That's right. Everyone else quit. Um, (laughs) Or died. Or both. That's right. Well, if you if you team Victor with Killian Dane, you could put their names together and they could be Dictor. (laughs) They're on different shows. Right, but we need tag teams. You know. Kelly and Dan and Xavier Woods are on the same show. That's true. I don't know. You're not talking about dick, so I'm not putting my input in. All right. Speaking about putting it in, <laughs> Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar got a chance to perform a hate crime because he beat up a transgender individual as he he not only defeated. 
transgender Mahal, uh, but also got a chance to uh, drop a midget on his on his fucking dome piece. So now we're going to talk in a little bit here about uh, people who who seem to intentionally be trying to injure other people. <laughs> but uh, I can't imagine what you're talking about. Let's let's not forget about the fact that Brock Lesnar may half of the the WWE roster have dropped this poor motherfucker on his head. All right. Yeah, Randy Orton almost killed him a couple times. Orton almost killed him. Fucking uh, AJ J Styles almost killed yeah. him one time too. Like everybody tries to fucking kill the Singh brothers, and I have to wonder: is it because they're 114 pounds with a fucking vest of dynamite strapped to them, or is it because they <laughs> they over they're just overselling things? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Go ahead, Jason. You follow that. <laughs> Well, I think it was a great example of why people in wrestling don't sell shit anymore. This is what happens when you're good at selling, people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. This is why the Young Bucks don't sell shit. That's right. Except T-shirts. Yeah. Well, I will say, somehow the guy has managed to not uh, had his fucking spine severed from his skull. So I'll give him that. There hasn't been any internal decapitation that we know of. Right. So, I guess go ahead. What are you doing? I I would like to give the one small positive in this um, shit. Um, <clears throat> I will say that I, I did appreciate the fact that they made reference to uh, last year when Jinder Mahal was champion and he was supposed to face Lesnar. Yeah. Usually, you don't see that kind of uh, th- them bringing back the old shit. Right. So but that it, was nice. But other than that, I, I mean, uh, it's hold, fucking... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, can you just... One sec. Shanti. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. they, go ahead. They, they did happen to double down and do the exact same thing two years in a row, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but more on that later. We'll get a little bit. Uh, so unless you have anything else to talk about, uh, Brock Lesnar trying to murder a transgender person, I guess we can go and talk about Dean Ambrose... Trying to uh, to be like the uh, the album cover from an '80s hair metal band because he was sitting on top of a a car hood with a burning barrel next to him, proving yet again that Dean Ambrose is a bum, uh, and proceeded to give kind of an answer to why he beat the fuck out of Seth Rollins, but still in my headspace that is the Sings car just because. <laughs> 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 they come back and the hood's all scratched up and shit. They're like, oh man. What a fucking night. Yeah. Sooner or later that Singh brother is just going to like walk around like D'Lo Brown, but he's not actually going to be trying to move his head like that. It's just gonna move like that. They're they're pretty they're probably gonna need one of those straws to put in their mouths to steal the car. <laughs> so like one of those <laughs> There you go. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Yeah. So what did, what do we think about uh, um, Dean Ambrose's promo? Uh, the promo itself was actually good. The visual, as goofy as it is, you, like explain it. It actually wasn't horrible. Um, I do love the fact that he's like, "I'm not going to give you an explanation," and then proceeds to go on an explanation because um, mm-hmm. that shit seems to happen a lot. Like somebody's got to be in the back and go, "Ah, uh, what are you doing?" Um, but <laughs> All things considered, I thought the the promo was fine for what it was. It, I 
it was nothing extremely special, but it was nice to finally have some sort of, um, I guess, furthering from the Ambrose side of the story. Yeah, as strong as the promo was, which I did think it was a strong promo, um, I, I, I think it just was a little, it, it landed lackluster because it's the reason he broke up with them was the reason that they were teasing that he might break up with them. It was literally just like, he doesn't have a tease, the only one who doesn't have a title. I wonder if he thinks he's the weak link of the group. And that's exactly what it was. But it's I, like, there's no. I, I liked the part where he was like, oh, I used to think that being part of this made me strong, but it was making me weak. I sort of like that. Like, he was putting on that, listen, by being involved with you guys, I'm not the strongest I can be. Yeah, no, I'd, like I said. I think I think the promo itself was was very strong, and uh, but I just I mean you, you you teased it for weeks just to it was the exact same thing that you they teased it might have been the reason he broke he was gonna break up with them, and then him him burning the the vest was uh, silly. Well, I also thought I also thought you lost something by not doing it live in front of the audience too. See yeah, and and to me. To me, too often, I think that anytime WWE does things like in a different area, that's not just like their backstage and everything or in the ring. It always kind of intrigues me. I've always been a big fan of that when they go on location things, you know. Oh, great. Doing... I've said that on the show many times. <clears throat> yeah. I feel the same way, but. Yeah, I but I, I do. I do grant you that one. This was nothing special. This was him sitting in a parking lot. Right. So it, it wasn't like. If now, if he would have taken that vest and thrown it off of the bridge, you know, then it would have at least made sense why he was why why he was there. But instead, he's just like I mean, he could have brought that barrel there. Well, and and the the setup was just like sitting on top of the car next to a burning barrel. Now, the only reason you set a barrel fire is if you're homeless and you're trying to stay warm. So, what are they telling us about Dean Ambrose? Well, it tells me that either either he hopped in that car and drove to where he used to live, which was under a bridge by a burning barrel, or he put that barrel into that car, got all the essentials that he needed to start a fire, drove to a random location, set up a camera on a tripod, then proceeded to take the barrel out of the back of the car, put it down there, throw all the stuff in there he needed to make a fire, light it on fire, Start well, the camera, well, well, hop well, up on the hood. You, you missed the part where he had to tie the camera into the raw production truck feed. That's true. That's true. That's right. Set up the set up the tripod, gave a call to Billy Kidman, and was like, Kidman, I need to have you run this through, but not until I'm ready because I'm not on the hood yet. Hops on the hood. And, and if you do it now, Kevin Dunn will do 17 jump cuts between now and then. Then he proceeded to text Billy Kidman and go, Arco. And Kevin texts it back, you're alive, and then he started talking and threw the vest in there. Right. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. So that that's what happens. I, I, <clears throat> I think there's an easier way to get rid of the, uh, the, the fucking bulletproof vest or whatever you want to fucking call it. Launch it from a cannon? I, I think I think when he just when he dirty deeds uh, Rollins the first time he attacked him. He should have dirty deeded his vest? So... <laughs> <laughs> just like lay it across his face and like spit on it or some shit. Right, so it's better. On shit on it. I'll, allow me to play the old school asshole wrestling heel card here. Mm. 
what they should have done is he should have said, this made me weak, and he's ready to throw it in the barrel, and he turns it around, and it's got the RR on the front of it, and he burns Roman's vest. That's fucking well, nuclear heel heat right there. That's right. Or even better, because of the fact that he's he's Dean Ambrose, he, he actually comes over, and he's got the burning barrel. He's like, this right here, this manila folder... This is proof that I injected leukemia into Roman Reigns. <laughs> and then he puts it in the fire, and he's like, now they'll never catch me. Or you go full jackass, he throws the vest, and it goes way up, and his eyebrows catch on fire, and he's running around. <laughs> <laughs> or Dean Ambrose comes out of the car, he's got the burning barrel over there, and because he's crazy Uncle Dean, he's like, this made me weak, and then jumps in the burning barrel himself and <laughs> dies. <laughs> or we get the whole uh, Vince McMahon stone cold scene where you see Roman Reigns in the hospital and fucking... Dean Ambrose has a he's posing as the doctor to start to beating the shit out of him on the hospital bed. Or you get the Vince McMahon <laughs> scene where Dean puts himself into a limousine, blows it up, and then two days later Seth Rollins winds up murdering his girlfriend, and then Dean comes back and nobody asks any questions. Or you do the Vince McMahon scene where Seth Rollins is looking to hire a new assistant and Dean Ambrose comes up and dances on the table in front of him until he falls backwards on his chair. Oh, God. How great at the end of this when Roman Reigns comes back that Dean Ambrose is like, I falsified your fucking medical reports. I just made you go through all all these chemotherapy treatments. I just didn't like your hair. I wanted you to lose it. (laughs) It is some hot, hot, sweaty hair. Right. <laughs> now at the end of this Roman Reigns comes back and he's like so guys I I talked to the doctor they did another test and it turns out I actually don't have leukemia and Dean goes ah, it was actually Seth I switched your records he's dying fucking ribs <laughs> got you both let's have a fisting that's right <laughs> there's your episode title all right <laughs> We're going to add along to something a little bit more serious. Uh, so we're going to... we're gonna uh, Speaking of fisting. Yeah, speaking of all, fisting... All proceeds okay. from this fisting go to the Leukemia Foundation of America. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, just like Stephanie, we're going to take this in two parts. Um, so Becky Lynch led the entirety of the SmackDown roster, or the women's roster, onto Raw. Uh, this started off with her being shown in the back, giving her um, yanking... Ronda Rousey's arm off before they wound up beating the shit out of everybody and then eventually spilled out, spilled into the ring where there was a gigantic brawl. And as we were watching live, um, it was very hard to because the new way that they film everything now is that we do th- 372 jump cuts in 26 seconds. And but unless what happened? You call, unless you call Kidman from a parking lot. True, that's true. You got to tell, got to tell him. Uh, go ahead and. Call Kevin Dunn over, punch him in the dick, and then take over for him for a little bit, and then and then we won't have any jump cuts. But uh, yeah, so during this whole fracas, suddenly we noticed that Becky Lynch was bleeding profusely, not from her vagina but from her face, and <laughs> uh, she wound up, you know, looking like a complete badass by standing there with blood drenched on her fists and on her face. And acting like ain't no shit. So when when Raw went off the air to this, uh, everyone in the host thread was very happy. They thought that, that was a really cool fucking moment. 
Then... This was her Stone Cold Bret Hart moment where like the blood yeah. was streaming down his face. and Right. Then suddenly we got some news the next day. The next day we found out that Becky Lynch actually had what, what WWE is calling a broken face, what most people would say a broken nose. I think it's uh, the orbital and... bone, actually. It's in her eye socket. Yeah, so she does. Yeah, she's got a got a broken orbital bone, which means she's not facing Ronda Rousey at all. Well, so she could wear one of those Virgil masks, but I think it's the concussion yeah. that's the issue. Yeah, yeah, she did have a concussion as well. So <clears> she <throat> will not be getting that fuck money. That's right. So of course there was there was a lot of questions as to what happened. How how did Becky get injured? Because the video that we've seen and then the, the subsequently uh, ultra-edited video that WB showed kind of showed that Becky went near Nia Jax and then was suddenly on the ground. So a lot of people were like, oh, Nia probably, you know, accidentally <clears throat> elbowed, elbowed her in the face or whatever like that. But then the fan video hits. And the fan video shows that Becky does what you normally do in a beatdown where you attack from behind. And then Nia Jax turns around and cold clocks her full force with a fucking punch. And yeah, that, nothing about that looked like a work punch, by the way. Yeah. Well, did so, you see the picture of Nia's hand? So yeah, Nia got, a, got an itty bitty little it. cut from from Becky Lynch's face. Becky Lynch and the hottest ankle heading into Survivor Series, which was selling tickets, got cooled off a little bit. So here's <clears throat> here's so that's the first part part. The second part we're going to talk about is Nia Jax's history. And and what I want to say before we go into this, criticism of Nia Jax's in-ring performances is completely acceptable and warranted. Personal attacks against her are not. And that's what's happening right now. There's a lot of people who are personally attacking Nia Jax on the internet and shit like that. We've made a lot of personal attacks to Nia Jax through the years. I know. I'm just saying we shouldn't. Doesn't mean we're we're going to stop doing it. But we shouldn't do it. So, anyways, uh, so Nia Jax, let's. I'll, I'm going to go through a history. This is then like we're when going... Adam said we don't make fun of dead people on this show. That's right. We don't. We don't. We we he laugh. Said we... we make fun of them a lot. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you the history of Nia Jax, and so then we're going to talk about is Nia Jax an unsafe worker or not. <clears throat> so this is just this year. Nia Jax didn't catch Charlotte when Charlotte did a moonsault from the top rope, and Charlotte clattered to the floor. She proceeded to try to do a uh, shoulder breaker, but then didn't realize that Charlotte's head was in the place instead of her shoulder, and did a skull breaker to her instead. She flipped Bailey over into a seated position, and then elbow dropped her on the head. Uh, she also took Bailey, threw her against the, the, the side of or the outside area, which caused her to have a shoulder injury, which made her miss SummerSlam. She tried to do a backbreaker to Asuka and forgot which leg she was supposed to put down and proceeded to just drop Asuka flat to the mat. She gave a concussion to Zelina Vega by throwing her to the outside and also gave okay. Tamina a bloody nose with that. So, I, let me finish. Let me finish. But that she, one... also gave a, she also gave Alexa Bliss a concussion. So that's just the history of events that have taken place with, with, with Nia Jax. So you seem to to say that the Zelina Vega one shouldn't count in this. No, that was Tamina was supposed to catch her. Tamina didn't catch her. Nia did her her job correctly in that spot. Okay, so then the rest of them still stand, correct? 
Sure. Okay. Jason, do you think Nia Jax, with with that history and with this incident here, is an unsafe worker? Allow me to preface my answer by saying, in the span of several months, Seth Rollins managed to break John Cena's face, end Sting's career, concuss Daniel Bryan, and blow out his own ACL. And he's considered one of the best in the world. I say that and only... At, and, I, and at the time, we did have the conversation right. on if Seth was... So we're, we're, this is fair. So right. go ahead. And Bret Hart was on record as saying he thought Seth was a reckless worker at the time, too. Um, and I say that to say that there are periods of time where certain talent are just sort of snake bit and everything just sort of seems to go wrong for them. The difference... With the stuff with Seth, now the stuff with Seth and Cena, I think was definitely Seth being um, reckless. Uh, you can go back and watch that footage. He literally grabs Cena's face and pulls it into his knee, like he wasn't. Um, the Sting thing was a freak accident. You can't really blame him for that. The, con- the Daniel Bryan thing, concussions have happened. You can't really blame him for that. Um, but there's a difference between accidents. And things that just happen because you're not ready to be where you're at. And I think we all said when Nia was called up that she wasn't fucking ready. She needed more time in NXT. This is a woman who's been a professional wrestler for three fucking years. And she's already on the main roster of WWE. Like, most people wrestling for 13 years before they get this opportunity. She was fast-tracked, and she's been on the main roster for over a year now. So... We're talking about a year and a half, maybe, she was down in developmental, if that. Um, and this is where you start to see it. She just doesn't have the seasoning. She doesn't. Ha- she's not ready for the spot she's cast into. How is that her fault? Because in my book, I, I can't really blame her for that. Um, her family lineage, I think, had something to do with it. Because there are a whole bunch of much more talented workers who are still down in NXT or stayed down in NXT for a while, or never got called up from NXT, who weren't related to The Rock. I yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to blame somebody for, for if, if somebody says, hey, we want to pay you like 14 times the amount you're making right now, and you're going to come on the road with us. Right. I'm never going to blame someone for being like, no. yep, I'm done, go, let's go. No, exactly, you can't blame <clears throat> her for that. That's, there, that's on the WWE. So, is she reckless? I don't think she's reckless. I think she's just green as goose shit still. And I think that is not her fault. That is the fault of the people who are making those decisions to call her up instead of leaving her down in the performance center to get reps every single day. She's also largely, and I don't say this to be insulting, but she's bigger and stronger than most of the other women on the roster. So when she not makes a mistake, what's that? She's not like most women. Right. Uh, She's not like most girls. Um, When she makes a mistake, the potential for that damage is significantly worse than if somebody like Alexa were to make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that, I mean, that pretty much covers it. Um, I mean, you got other people who were green coming up, but they didn't get the spotlight that Nia Jax got. I mean, she was basically out there every week wrestling the, the, the top women in the world. Um, you, it, she seems like the kind of worker where, like, a lot of that stuff, um, not realizing things and 
like with the the Charlotte, the skull breaker, the elbow drop. I mean, she you can't blame her. She commits to the fucking move. She just does it. She just doesn't pay attention all the time. And there have been several occasions where we, then I guess they have, have been fortunate to not result in injuries where people have had their arms straight up over their heads and she's like leg dropped them the back of their heads when you're supposed to oh, wait yeah. until their arms are tucked down. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, this this was a weird, this this particular whole Becky Lynch situation was, was weird. Um, because, you know, like you said, she came up from behind her and put her hands on her. And Nijax just kind of turned around and fired a haymaker. Like she didn't. It wasn't like a working punch. Like I said, it was like a, it was like a haymaker. I don't know what her and if she just thought Becky Lynch would be further back, but that thing was full on through. Like if she thought Becky Lynch was further away, then she thought Becky Lynch was like had some gangly ass long arms. To touch be her fair, in the back. to just throw a little bit of context, if you go back and watch the video, it does look like. Becky gets her with some stiff shots from behind. So there may have been an element of a receipt to it, too. See, though, that's the way I looked at it was, was did she lose her temper? Because she seemed by her body language that she was pissed. Now, maybe that was her selling the fact that she that she was supposed to be getting beat up, quote unquote. But, yeah, to me, it looked like that was a pissed off throw of a punch and probably didn't think that it was going to explode this chick's face. And she's not the first person in the wrestling business to throw a punch pissed off thinking they got stiffed. Right. See Brock Lesnar and fucking Braun Strowman from SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, only, the, the only difference is apparently Braun Strowman has his spongy fucking head and it doesn't affect him at all. <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think my favorite example of that was, uh, this is going back a little ways, but Scott Hall and Disco Inferno. Did you ever see that one where fucking Disco Inferno started throwing chops in the Scott Hall and he yeah. didn't like it? And Scott Hall literally like tore skin off his chest with a chop. Yeah. Wasn't there? I, f- I forget who it was, but there was like some jobber that wouldn't cooperate in a match and got the ever-loving piss beat out of him. I can't oh, remember who it was. It was uh, a Perry Saturn beat the shit out of him. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the guy wouldn't cooperate. He wouldn't stay down. And Perry just fucking it, levels I it. I think it was like Mike Bell. Too. I think that's who. The yeah, it was Mike was. Bell. Nice. Yeah. And he threw him out of the ring and he landed right in the back of his neck. There was another famous one where the uh, it was the skyscrapers in WCW had would work in some jobbers and they wouldn't fucking so Sid and Spidey just beat the shit out of the guy. That fucking (laughs) that fucking guy. I don't know what his problem was. Yeah, go go search that out because the guy literally looks like he has no idea what he's doing. And they keep trying. They keep doing moves on it. And they're trying to do the double team power bomb, if I'm not mistaken, something like yeah. And the guy refuses to stay on the mat for like two seconds. He like yeah. pops back up every time. And you're like, he's like no selling it, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like he understands he's no selling it. <laughs> <laughs> he was, so he was yeah. pulling an Austin Aries. And then they proceeded to punch the ever loving piss yeah. out of him. <laughs> and he wound up walking out of there bleeding yeah. to death. <laughs> Sell that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, damn it. I mean, nobody got mass transited, so that's good. That's true. Uh, I was so my, answer that is, fucking night. my answer is, my answer is, I don't, I don't necessarily think she's an unsafe worker, but I think it's well, she might be, but it's because she's green. It's not because she's intentionally doing these things. Okay. See, and the and the way I look at it is, you're always going to compare it to the fact that there have been quite a number of uh, people now that have been brought up to the roster very fast. You look at Alexa Bliss, somebody who hadn't been wrestling for a long time, got up to the roster. You know, Carmella. 
Uh, Liv Morgan is another one of those. Mandy Dana Rose. Brooke. Dana Brooke, you know. And they've all and, made mistakes, but they don't have yes. the size and power behind them that Nia exactly. does. So when they make the mistakes, it doesn't hurt as badly. Right, and that's and that's why WWE is at fault here to and, an extent. And for because those, for those they should have like, known better. For those who like Nia and are passing off the buck, where were you when you were shitting all over Brie Bella? Yeah. Same fucking thing. Where are you when Ronda Rousey gives Alexa Bliss a concussion that may, could potentially end her career? Where right. the fuck are you? No, we like Ronda and we like Nia, so we're going to hold them to a different standard. Shit happens in the ring. It's almost as though this is a physical sport where accidents happen. Yeah. All I got to say is fuck Brie Bella. You gotta you gotta remember though, a lot of people were very pissed off at Sasha Banks when when she quote unquote ended Paige's career. And Sasha yeah. Banks has been wrestling for, for a decade. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it it's And, and Sasha Paige, did nothing wrong there. Yeah. She did nothing wrong because and Paige has even had even come out and said, I've taken that same exact move the same exact way hundreds of times and never had an issue. It just was this one thing, you know. I brought it up in the host thread, you know, the the Darren Drozdov incident with Dilo Brown. Dilo didn't do anything wrong. He did the exact same fucking powerbomb he's always done. It's just sometimes you you're dealing with you're it's dealing like, with slamming people into fucking, you know, plywood and shit like that. Dilo slipped from <clears> that exchange. Yeah, exactly. But it, it was it was one of those things. It was an accident. I mean, People people consider Owen Hart to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He almost killed Stone Cold Steve Austin. True. You know, these types of things happen. Obviously, Charlotte almost killed fucking Sasha when she tried to backbreak her on the top rope and yep. fucking missed. And <laughs> Sasha landed directly on her neck. But apparently Sasha has a neck made of rubber. She, has she lands a, she, on her neck all the fucking time. Yeah, she has the same neck that the Singh brothers have. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. The the biggest issue here is the is is it's a cluster right now with Nia Jax. She's had she's had quite a few incidents here, and obviously there's going to be a lot of attention, especially when you've got somebody as over as Becky Lynch right now, who get, who's the receiving end of it. Yeah. So, but you know we'll we'll see. Um, this time, you know, she did take to social media and kind of played it off as as you know as a heel would. Uh, I can't falter for that. I, I like I said, and we talked about in the host thread. Nia Jax had a response back when she when Alexa Bliss got a concussion and said it was fake, and it's like, well, you're supposed to be the face at this point. So that, so that seemed like the face was accusing thing. the heel of of faking to get out of a match. I, that still for sort of it was yeah, but it was all in the way she presented it. She didn't say she didn't present it to me in a way that that a, a face should she essentially said like ah that, that bitch is faking it you know so, so it's almost but, as though she needs more seasoning as a performer yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and who it, she needs that during the time when she was like accusing alexa bliss of sleeping around to get higher in the fucking yes like, yes it was so there was there was that as well um apparently her and leo rush have a lot in common they neither one should be using social media for anything so there's that and she, but yeah. could, she could. Oh, they would make such a great couple. She could carry Leo Rush around in like a little pouch, like in her vagina. Yeah. yeah, she could just shove him up in there, and then yeah. whenever she needs to, she can just unzip her pants, and his little head will pop out, yeah. and I'd be like, "Mommy." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> little baby, push a little baby carriage down. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Uh, so before we talk about SmackDown, we're going to go to some independent uh, news. 
Before we uh, do that, as, since we brought him up and it's not on the perfect 10, can we just fucking give a second to say how fucking great Elias was in that promo with Leo Rush on oh the phone God. with Child Protective Services? <laughs> yeah, He's been on fire as a face. He really has. If only they didn't have to get in the ring and wrestle. I mean, that's the only thing holding this guy back. And Elias yeah. is, is, is a decent wrestler, but yeah, he definitely yeah. he's. I said decent. He, he's, you know, honestly, he's like a a, a better version of Jinder Mahal. With his as, a, as a performer and a personality, he might be top ten in the company. The yes. problem is the in ring is bottom third. Yeah, <clears throat> fair enough. He's got a good jumping knee, just like Jinder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so during a uh, uh, an independent appearance by WWE wrestler Cody Rhodes. Uh, he wound up trying to throw his shirt into the crowd and heard a pop in his knee. So he got it checked out. Uh, thankfully, no no ligament damage, but his meniscus is fucked. So as of right now, it seems that Cody is going to have to take a little time off from in-ring. He seems he's going to work through uh, the injury for one of the matches he's got coming up here. But in general, it seems like he's going to be just making appearances instead of actually wrestling to try to get, get that thing healed up. Yeah, you think the guy, this guy this is a guy who works in Ring of Honor, works New Japan, both places where it's very high work rate, very stiff shit, and throwing a t-shirt is where he gets injured. I mean, it's the same thing. Sami Zayn blew out his shoulder being excited. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's like that thing was going to go in that match at some point in time. It just happened to be before the match. And I'll bet you so. WWE was getting ready to call him back and... Well, for sure, because he's only got uh, about a month and a half left on his contract. So, his WWE contract? Uh, no, uh, his the contract that WWE signed with a couple of independent promotions to actually let him go out there and work. Oh. That contract is going up, so he has to revert back to his actual WWE contract. Gotcha. So, yeah. well, let's be honest though his his knees are probably pretty weak from always sucking Brandy Rhodes' dick anyway. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> like if Brandy Rhodes had really had a dick, you wouldn't suck it. I mean, I mean, I I fucking go dick and balls in my mouth. <laughs> Isolate that, make him any ringtone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people, I totally want to put my penis into. Uh, Becky Lynch had a segment so on. Smart- continue to struggle with my sexuality here. You know, gotta keep that going. That's right. I was talking about you, actually. Um, <laughs> SmackDown had a little issue with the fact, of course, that Becky Lynch was no longer going to be the match against Ronda Rousey. So instead of actually, you know, making her drop the title belt, which would have been a mistake, they decided to just have her pick a replacement. And she made the wrong choice because the right answer is always Mandy Rose, and instead decided to choose Charlotte. So with uh, with 32 seconds of build. We're going to have Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte at Survivor Series. Woo! Yeah, nope. I, I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> I, I, I sort of called this one ahead of time in the host thread. It, it seems basically the plan is now... It was going to be Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania. It seems now they flip-flopped that they're going to do Charlotte now. They're going to fast-track this thing and then leave the Becky and Ronda program for Mania, which... Honestly, it might be them accidentally falling into the right scenario because at this point, Becky is so fucking over. I mean, we're talking like this has been a stone cold rise to popularity. Um, 
and she needs to be in that main event spot. And having more time to promote and build anticipation for her and Ronda is exactly what they should have had all along. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing Charlotte and and uh, Ronda and sort of helps that Ronda played a little bit into it. You know, I'm not Charlotte Flair when talking about people who Becky can beat. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good match. Yeah, and I think that the other issue here is that Charlotte has gotten a little stale in the uh, the audience's eyes. And obviously with Becky Lynch being the top one, it makes more sense for it to be her at WrestleMania than Charlotte. Now, where I have an issue with it is Becky selects her, and then they have this warm embrace because now all of a sudden they're besties again, and we throw out the last like six months of storyline. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. Um I, whatever. I mean, it should be a decent match. I, I think. Uh, you think Charlotte's going to do a moonsault in this match? I, if she does, I'm sure Ronda will catch her. Think so? It's, it's actually going to be an interesting match to watch, this, uh, just from the standpoint of when you think about it. All of Ronda's matches have been planned out in advance, and they've gone down to the performance center, and they've really sort of worked them out and rehearsed it. And this is going to be very short notice. They don't have the kind of time they've had in the past with her to sort of get her comfortable with with how to book this match through start to finish. Um, so she's going to be doing a little bit on the fly for the first time, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Word. All right. <clears throat> so these next two topics, I think we're going to have to sort of touch on one and then finish the other one and then go back to the, back to the first one. So... SmackDown kind of started off with Daniel Bryan saying he wanted another shot at AJ Styles. Uh, wanted it by just punching him in the fucking mush. So um, because of that, Shane had to make a decision. He decided instead that he was going to have Daniel Bryan take on AJ Styles later in the night there. And then um, Daniel Bryan would be off Team SmackDown, meaning that we would need some more people on SmackDown. So... We had heard the possibility of maybe Shane McMahon not being on the team, but instead it wound up being Dan Bryan removed from the team, and Jeff Harvey was put onto the team, a guy who lost his chance to be on the team in the first place. So uh, there was also um, the Miz wanted to remove Rey Mysterio from uh, the team because he was Dan Bryan's pick, but instead Paige said, no, fuck you, uh, baby girl, baby girl, baby girl. We're going to have you take on Rey Mysterio. If you beat him, you can go ahead and kick him off the team, and you can put whoever you want on there. Uh, might have suggested Rusev because he's not doing anything. Uh, but instead, Rey Mysterio and, and The Miz had a match, and he's Mysterio. Yeah, that's true. Mysterio wound up winning. So Mysterio stays on the team. Jeff Harvey takes the place of Daniel Bryan, and the new team is Miz, Harvey, best in the world, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> That's yeah. very sad. Um, we also haven't yeah. even touched on the fact that the fucking Raw women's team is all heels except and Natalia. Like, I mean, she, nobody weirdest... likes her, honestly. <laughs> as a face, as a heel, nobody likes her. These are just the weirdest fucking teams for this event that we're throwing together. Yeah, and I, the one thing I was really confused about is why why did you have Jeff Hardy beat Andrade Almas on Tuesday night? Like, well, what was the point of that? So I said the same thing when it happened, and then when they cut to the back, and I still don't know why Daniel Bryan had to be off the team because he had a title shot before he won the title. That didn't make much sense to me. Um, Sort of like a red flag that he was definitely winning the title that night. Uh, But, 
yeah, I, once they went through explaining that, I sort of understood because you do want to have a sort of a big win for Jeff Hardy to, you know, rationalize why he all of a sudden is worthy of being on the team after, as Troy mentioned, he lost his opportunity at that spot a week ago. Um, so I didn't really have that much of a problem with it after they explained it that way. Yeah, but you could have Almas win, and he would have the same reasoning for being on the team. But then, yeah, right? but then Almas would be on the team, and the end game was to get Hardy on the team. Or, or some age on him. You just say you just say that if Daniel Bryan loses, he's still on the team. If he if he wins, AJ Styles is on the team because now you have a situation where AJ Styles is not booked for Survivor Series. And over and above all that, this whole thing cost AJ Styles the mixed match challenge opportunity. And I'm sure. Seriously. Yeah. He yeah, lost his chance to be number 30 in the Royal Rumble. He lost his chance for a trip anywhere in the world. Because that's part of the prize for the Mixed Match Challenge. I don't know if you caught that. Free trip anywhere in the world. Yep. You know, not that WWE doesn't already go to almost every single place in the world, including the ones that don't allow gays people there. <laughs> we said anywhere in the world. We didn't say you got to pick. Guess who's on next year's Saudi show? Daniel Bryan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so obviously this this threw kind of shit all together. It's more of your typical Survivor Series stuff, but the the big thing that happened then, of course, was that Daniel Bryan was facing AJ Styles for the WWE Championship, and while this match probably wasn't, uh, in my opinion, as good as their last match together. Um, what did happen was uh, the ref took a little bit of a bump, and Daniel Bryan was like, well, this being a good guy thing isn't working. Guess I'll take a page out of uh, Nakamura's book, and he proceeded to blast AJ Styles right in the dick. It's okay, though, because AJ Styles has had his kids. It's okay. Uh, so then Daniel Bryan then hits the knee plus, gets the one, two, three, and is a four-time WWE champion. So yeah. we get we, not we one, get to not two, not three, not four. Oh no, four. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, it's four. <laughs> so, Jeff, how do you feel about the uh, Daniel Bryan heel turn and him being the WWE champion? Well, I'll go back to just the match itself. Um, I do agree with you saying that it wasn't their their best together, but I I mean let's be honest, like. They're, them working together is probably going to be one of the best matches on the night regardless. And it was. It was a good match. It was a, it was a very solid um, match. Um, it looked like AJ, uh, Daniel Bryan didn't really know how to kick him in the balls because it was kind of like full fucking shin and knee to his dick. Like he kind of ran in a little too hard. So at first I was like, oh, did he kick him in the midsection? And then I was like, oh, no, that's his dick again. Why the fuck? Why has that become AJ Styles' gimmick? Let's not hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. AJ Styles first won the championship by kicking a motherfucker in the dick. So that's his gimmick from now on. He has to get kicked in the dick every time he has a fucking. Yes, as retribution for him one time kicking Dean Ambrose in the dick and winning the title belt. Okay, all right, well, all right. So he got kicked in the dick and it finally came back and he lost his championship. Um, the uh, what? What is his actual fucking the yes kick? No, not the yes kick. What's it, what's his finisher called? The knee plus. Is it actually called the knee plus? Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't realize that. I had no idea. 
Oh, I guess I like wrestling guys. I promise. Um, well, it was, it was the run. First it was the move that beat John Cena. Then it was the, then it was the running knee. uh, Then it was the knee plus because he's a B plus player. Uh, okay. All right. So the knee plus hits, it was, that was probably his, that was a good knee plus. That looked like it was fucking brutal. Um, and then he won and then he beat the shit out of AJ Styles and, uh, everybody was shocked. They shocked us again. Um, was it a good shock? Uh, I mean, I guess you gotta, uh, turn everybody heel, right? Eventually. Unless you're Roman Reigns or John Cena. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're Hulk Hogan and then you just turn yourself heel by saying the N word. That's true. But, you know, that's, that's either here nor there. Yeah, you, so, what you yeah, Jason, what'd you think, Jason? You big dick bastard. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody kicked into the balls, they'd break their fucking foot. I assume that if you kick Jason in the balls, it would be like you're kicking a fucking beanbag chair. Um, Except it's also got one of those like corner like cylinder cushion things that you find on people's things, just hanging out on top. No, it's just somebody stored their crowbar in there. <laughs> <laughs> why is this fucking? Why is this battering ram on this on, on top of this uh, this beanbag chair? Oh god, it's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're talking about my dick or Stephanie's vagina anymore. Um. <laughs> yeah uh shit yeah god damn all right um you ever see that scene in lord of the rings where gandalf uh falls down a giant chasm and fights the balrog that's stephanie's vagina the balrog yeah the balrog is that what we call stephanie's vagina no no that's that's the uh the the crotch critter that lives in her vagina ah okay mm-hmm. um, i think it's such a giant sandworm pits from fucking star wars <laughs> There you go. There's a, there's a Sarlacc in it? Sarlacc, that's it. <laughs> Look, I'm perfectly interested to see where we go here with Daniel Bryan. I am extremely concerned for his career uh, because I think the last thing a guy with head injuries and a history of concussions needs is a trip to fucking Suplex City. Uh, reference the previous Brock Lesnar-Braun Strowman match we fucking talked about. Uh, one of those shots could kill Daniel Bryan, and I'm not looking forward to seeing that happen, but uh, curious to see where heel Daniel Bryan goes from here. Yeah, and to me personally, Daniel Bryan as a heel champion interests me a lot more than Daniel Bryan as a face champion at this point. That's true. Because, just, because I've seen him, seen him as a face champion, and I wasn't impressed. Well, he never really got to be a long-term face champion, to be fair. 66 days. Yeah, exactly, and that was feuding with Kane. So, well, yeah, I'm I'm worried that if he wins the fucking championship, that's his next feud, or the Big Show. Big Show's over on SmackDown. Um, look the the greater concern is that they're so incapable of writing compelling angles for faces that they just end up having to turn them all fucking heel. And who are your fucking faces now? I mean, you got AJ, I guess. Although AJ was sort of acting like a dick earlier in this. You got Rusev. You got Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, that's it. Jeff Harvey. That's it. 
I mean, that's 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 your card right there. Yeah. Joe is a heel, so that yeah. Joe that Joe Daniel Bryan feud we've been building to probably not going to happen. No. Um, Nakamura is a heel now. Zayn's yeah. a heel. Owens a heel. Although Owens may come back as a face at this point. Well, and Zayn could Zayn can come back as a face. Gargano's he's, he's a heel a... now. They, they couldn't fucking do anything with him. Like, yeah, it's just they they're so bumfuzzled when it comes to trying to make a fucking face popular. Or keep him over. I mean, Gargano was over as all hell. So was Daniel Bryan. But they fucking couldn't write a story that was compelling for any of those guys, and people got fucking sick of it. Well, I think you also got to remember that um, we're we're right now heading heading into WrestleMania season, so they're going to start doing their kind of things. After WrestleMania season, we typically have a superstar shakeup, or at least the call-ups and things like that. So you can restock some faces onto SmackDown uh, after WrestleMania in a couple of months here. Becky, let's not forget, Becky's the biggest face in the company right now, and it's only because they tried to make her fucking heel. Yeah. Well, that I, that might be what they're trying to do with Dana Bryan. Because, I, I yeah. I, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that, because we're not going to get a blow-off now to the Miz or Stan Bryan unless they turn Miz face, and nobody wants to see Miz as a face. No, and they've tried that, and it failed miserably. Yeah. And, their best shot at a white meat baby face that could get over and sell merch is Finn Balor, and they don't do anything with him either. See, and that's why if they would move him to SmackDown... And turn him heel? <laughs> well, you know. Finn Balor as a heel, by the way, is, is amazing. Yes. Go go look at that, because yep. he definitely... I mean, Finn Balor's a face, to me, has always been kind of just, eh, whatever. But yeah, Finn Balor's a heel. He's a great heel. He was the founder of the Bullet Club. Yeah. What do you th- what do you guys think of Shinsuke Nakamura turning heel as his Knock America character? Uh, what can I think of it? It's barely ever on TV. <clears throat> really do well, much. Well, say, say let's just uh, fantasy scenario where they actually pushed him as his Knock America character. I feel like that could do really well. I think I said it a couple weeks ago. I think every promo should start with like the seal of the United States of Knock America. With an announcer going, the following message is brought to you by the President of the United States of Knock America. Then he cuts his promo. There yeah. you go. Get that shit over. Yeah. Well, before we move on to our main events, um, our our good buddy... Nah, scratch that. Uh, some guy doing a voice <laughs> has left a voicemail for us. So, here it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we do that... Let's just see what the Google transcript thought that voicemail said. Fair enough. I'm not going to do the voice. What's up? You got there, Marks. It's me, it's me, it's Tommy. Well, this Sunday... First off, my little stick with not second, sir. I'm here calling the voicemail this week to talk to you about two surprisingly eventful episodes of Raw and SmackDown. Usually go home shows rascal, but this week, all of a sudden, every fucking thing happens at once. Becky Lynch defroster my brakes are facing the process, and it mean why I don't want SmackDown for some goddamn reason. The SmackDown be pulling Survivor Series Daniel Bryan. It's the new WWE champion. Now, guys, I'm not saying that they planned this shit months in advance, but this is probably the best job. They haven't done. I can't people watch to I can't people have to watch Survivor Series. One more thing, I don't want to say about wrestling this week. Nobody talked about it. But my boy Dean Ambrose was on points 
that you cut a great promo look like they would sit on the top of a Corvette next to a trash being a fire, and then Vernon Shield Vest turnaround. <laughs> I can heal Dean Ambrose is the best day that's going to be on Ron the next couple months. Mark my words to see you. Wow. On Ron. All right. <laughs> All right. So here's a gentleman who is on Ron. you can burn something to the ground if it's not like standing up in the air can we mock his words we can mock his words i also like the fact that about 20 percent of that google translate just gave up on trying (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like somebody's doing a really bad impression crossing fucking al pacino and gilbert godfrey pretty much that's that's pretty much what that that character is at this point and let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let me show so, you something. <laughs> let me just take on my dick. All right. Sorry, mate. The frost in my brakes. <laughs> I'll. Jeez, maybe that's why my car has been running a little rough. I did, I forgot to defrost the brakes on it. <laughs> Our main event this week. How damaging to storylines has the brand versus brand formula been? Uh, I feel like every year we see this, where last year we saw them scramble to get Jinder out of the match with Brock. This year we saw another last-minute shift, mostly because I think the, the Becky change caused them to realize they needed something more significant in the main event than the match that they did last year. So they wanted to do something different with Daniel Bryan and and Brock. Uh, So I think the whole thing with Becky had ripple effects. But all of this is really the formula comes down to the fact that we've got now Becky and Charlotte are friends again as a result of this. We've got people who hate each other in storyline. The Miz and Daniel Bryan are acting like best friends last week. Like It just screws up so much stuff that you have going on before and after this event for very, very fucking little reward. There's nothing here 
for these guys to be fighting over. Uh, you look up, uh, it's just, I, I don't understand what the benefit here is. The other thing, too, is of the, let me see here, five um, one-versus-one matches or, or tag-team matches included in that, only two of them are heel-versus-face. And that's Rollins and Nakamura and Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. Everything else is either face-versus-face or heel-versus-heel. So last year when they were scrambling to make sure that the champions lined up so that one would be a heel and one would be a face, this year they didn't bother to do that and actually took one of the heel-versus-face matches and made it heel-versus-heel by having Dana Bryan win the championship. So you have that, but then you also completely make it so that everyone looks like an idiot because, like, here you've got the women of SmackDown who recently have all fucking hated each other, and now they're just like, yeah, we're good. We're we're a cohesive unit. We're going to all show up in matching T-shirts and stuff like that and fight. And, yeah, it, it makes every, everyone look like an idiot because it's like, well, a week ago you hated each other. Now you're like, we got to do this for Team SmackDown. And then... Next week, you're going to be right back to wanting to kick the shit out of each other. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, I always thought Survivor Series was like a cool concept on paper. Um, but it really does. It just makes it, it takes this. Basically, you could take this whole chunk leading up to Survivor Series, like what they did to build up to it, and you could remove it from the calendar year of WWE. And you wouldn't, you would, you would see what's before it, and you would see what's after it, and it would be fucked. It's like totally fucking different. It, it, there's no reason to have all this whole build of like fake, like it, it's like a bunch of fucking kids when they go to college and they're like, my college is the best, and then they go to the football games and they're all fucking chanting for their team, and then after they leave that college, they never watch a fucking another game again. It's it's literally. It's it's stupid. It's it's really silly to to build up to these things. That just have the matches, and then move on, and don't make it such a big fucking deal. And take over your storylines. They're gonna take you to fucking the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and the biggest shows of your entire year. Word. Okay, good. Good. That made somewhat sense, I think. Yeah, it made sense. You know, I've I've long talked about the fact that yeah, it's it's really fucking ridiculous for this to this to continue to happen like this. Where before, you know, when they did like bragging rights and stuff like that, I mean, it was kind of in the name. And now it's like, well, now we have to have these Survivor Series things. But I even questioned it before, where it was like, well, we used to do this where it was like. Um, Doink the Clown and a bunch of midgets faced off against Jerry Lawler and a bunch of midgets because those two guys were in a feud and they did a Survivor Series match and everyone was on the same page. Or, hey, we're going to do where this entire heel team is against this entire face team because all the heels are kind of aligned together and all the faces are, you know. It used to be like people who actually liked each other and wanted to team with each other instead of just this like, well, it's going to be the entirety of our of our tag team division versus the entirety of their tag team division. Doesn't matter the fact that each one of these guys have all been trying to leapfrog each other to get the championship belts. Now they're going to be all about 
winning bragging rights because that's all this is. There's, there's no trophy. There's no like whichever whichever show gets the you know, majority of the wins gets the first pick in the draft or anything like that. This is literally just this whole show doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's just such a standalone show. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like the same thought we put into booking Evolution. Oh, pretty much. Where if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the fact that there was an actual championship on the line, nothing would have happened. You know, it's the same kind of thing where the Saudi Arabia show, where if it wasn't for leukemia, no titles would have changed hands and nothing would have really really occurred at that that event. <clears throat> so. Other than I think we we might have lost Zack Ryder over there, I don't know. I mean, has anyone seen him since the Saudi Arabia show? I think him anyway, and, uh, him and fucking um, oh my god, uh, 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 never mind. <laughs> Take your time. I, I can't think of his stupid name. The the guy who's on the losing streak, Kurt Hawkins. There you go. I was gonna say Curtis Haw- Curtis something, but him and Kurt Hawkins are probably still wrestling over there. Probably because they did actually wrestle each other recently. Oh yeah, former Edge. Yep, former Edge heads. Yeah, amazingly, yeah, Zack Ryder is actually healed in wrestling. Nobody knows noticed it. He had that like one week stint, fucking against Mojo Rawley, and then yeah, Mojo Rawley, another guy who just disappeared. Yep, and then you know who else falls into that? Fucking Aiden English. We're not going to see him for fucking months. No. Anyways. Um, something that people are actually going to watch and, and know about. This weekend, we've got two big shows. We start things off on Saturday with NXT TakeOver Horror Games. Uh, only four matches on this card, but we're going to predict them. A-Lister Black is taking on Johnny Gargano because Johnny Gargano apparently beat the ever-loving piss out of Alistair Black. So, Jason, who is your choice between Black and Gargano? It's Gargano's first run as a heel. I think he almost has to win here to set something up going forward. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. Alright. And, um, looks like Adam... <laughs> oh, God. Adam has Oliver chosen... Gray. Johnny Nitro to win this one. <laughs> a two out of three falls match for the NXT Women's Championship will take place between Shayna Baszler, the current champion, and Pirate Hooker Kyrie Sane. Oh, sorry, I picked Johnny Gargano as well. Uh, I'm picking Shayna Baszler in this one. Jeff, who are you choosing? I'm going to go Kyrie Sane because I haven't been right in this whole fucking set of matches. All right, and. Jason. Uh, it's going to be Shayna Baszler. I don't think they, they just established her with her girl squad there. Uh, so I don't think they're going to take the title off of her just yet. Okay. Uh, Adam has shown, chosen Jessamine Duke. Not actually in the match, but at least he's getting a little closer to actually what's going on in the events. Um, the NXT Championship will be on the line between Tomas Ochampa. I fucking to you that Adam has no idea who Jessamine Duke even is. Like, if she had a big sign that said, a name tag that said, Hi, I'm Jessamine Duke, he'd have no idea who she was. True, true. Uh, the Velveteen Asshole Dream takes on Tomas Ochampa what? for... <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs> I don't know. 
for the NXT Championship. I have chosen Tommaso Ciampa to retain. Jason, who do you choose? Uh, Tommaso, unfortunately. I think Velveteen deserves a run with this title, but Tommaso's too hot right now to take the title off of him. Uh, I agree. All right. And uh, let's see. I think I think Adam picked Drugs Bunny. I think that's what he picked. Drugs Bunny. Okay. Yep. I got that here. Uh, Drugs Bunny. Okay. And because it is horror games, we have a horror games match as the undisputed era. Every single one of them. Uh, that would be Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, uh, your. Uh, nope. Sorry. Uh, Adam Colbebe. And is that all of them? Yeah, I think that's all of them. Uh, they're going to be taking on uh, Pete Dunne, Rick O'Shea, and the War Raiders. Uh, so I have chosen Undisputed Era because this is sort of their match. Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I think it would be a mis- mistake to have them lose this match. Definitely. I mean, they're on such a roll right now. Jason? With- uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> go with the, uh, the Undisputed Era. I think they lost last year, so I think they got to win this year. Okay. Didn't mean to cut you off there. It's fine. Uh, All right. Uh, Adam went with uh, Lucha House Party. You got to get a fourth member in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sin Cara is still employed. There you go. Um, And uh, the NXT uh, North American Championship is not on the line because Ricochet is in a War Games match. Mm. So that's happening. Sadly, that's not the end of the events this weekend because Survivor Series emanates from wherever the fuck they decided to be from on Sunday. The pre-show match will be the Team Raw tag teams, Rude and Gable, The Revival, The B-Team, Lucha House Party, and The Ascension versus Team SmackDown tag teams, The Usos, The New Day, The Club, The Colognes, and Sanity. Um, I decided to go with Team Raw because who gives a shit? <laughs> Jason. Uh, yeah, Team SmackDown, I guess. Okay. And Jeff. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, Team SmackDown, I'm going to go with. Um, obviously, the Revival is getting eliminated first, and then uh, it's going to come down to the Colognes and the Ascension. So Team and SmackDown. Team SmackDown's winning. Okay. Okay. Uh, looks like Jason is going to be leaving us. Uh, he's going to go ahead and throw his picks on here later, or I'm just going to pick for him, whichever one I decide to do. Uh, but thank you again, Jason, and we'll take you take. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care, Jason. Uh, by the way, uh, Adam has chosen Team NXT to win this one. So, oh, yeah, it's Sunday Night Heat, but <laughs> whatever works. All right. Um, the next match on my list here, this is going to be in no order whatsoever. Uh, Ronda Rousey will take on Harlot in a nothing match. I have chosen Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I don't Jeff. There's, just, there's no doubt. Ronda Rousey. All right. Uh, I don't believe that Adam got the memo on this because he chose Becky Lynch. Oh, you never know. It's true. She could get in the still. Um, 
We've got Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura in a title versus title match. I have Shinsuke getting his uh, getting SmackDown's first win, and on my predictions here, who do you got? Uh, um, yeah, I'll go Shinsuke as well. Maybe some Dean interference. Who knows? That's what I was kind of thinking. Uh, Adam, of course, went with European champion Dilo Brown. Uh. <laughs> he does parallel. Uh, that's true. Brock Lesnar will take on Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan won the championship. Uh, I'm actually going with Daniel Bryan via shenanigans here. Um, Brock. All right. You're going with Brock. And Adam just texted me and told me Did he's he? going with AJ Styles. Oh, yeah. He hasn't been watching, has he? No, I don't think so. I don't think he actually knows what's, what's actually happening. <clears throat> Team Raw, which will be Durf Zogler, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley. Take it on Team SmackDown, The Miz, Jeff Harvey, Best in the World, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe. I have chosen Team Raw. I think that Strowman will probably be the last person standing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Team Raw as well. Um, I think... I think there will be a point in this match where uh, somehow all the SmackDown team gets like knocked out of the ring and fucking Shane McMahon fights them all off, you know, just because he's the best in the world. Most likely, seems like that shit happens all the time, and they're like, "Oh, you was such a, you was such an integral part of our team." <laughs> yeah, most likely. Um, yeah, and uh, Adam has texted me over that the NXT team of Tyler Breeze, Richie Steamboat, Leo Kruger, Aiden English, and Byron Saxton are going to win this match. That's a solid team. Again, not a part of us, but, you know, whatever happens. I, I thought you were going to Team Nexus, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, anyway, some shit happens. <clears throat> um, team Raw, women... We'll be taking on the Team SmackDown women, Team Raw women, Mickey James, Nia Jax, Tamina Schnuka, Natalia Neidhart, and Ruby Riot. We'll take on Team SmackDown, Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and potentially Mandy Rose. They haven't announced the last person for it. I am choosing Team SmackDown here. Who do you get? Team SmackDown as well. Okay. Uh, Adam is going again with Team MXT. He's going with Audrey Marie, uh, Shal Guerrero. Oh, Emma. Okay. Uh, a healthy page. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because because that was something. Uh, and Summer Rae. So uh, not not a, not a bad choice, but also not exactly what I would choose. Uh, I also completely forgot you chose Team Raw for the last two. Okay, Team SmackDown for the women. Yeah, and uh, uh, Team Raw for. Team Raw for the men. Okay, I was having too much fun. Uh, the Authors of Pain, or AOP as they're referred to now, uh, are taken on the bar in a tag team champions first tag team champions match. I have chosen the bar. Who have you chosen? Uh, AOP. AOP. I heard Adam chose the Headbangers. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's odd. Odd choice. Okay. Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. Is on the line as Buddy Murphy takes on Mufasa Ali. Uh, <laughs> I I have chosen Buddy Murphy and yeah. Jeff. 
I'm going with Buddy Murphy as well. Okay, you are our resident cruiserweight expert, of course. Of course. I mean, I, I can't see Buddy Murphy getting up as a title in his first defense. So that's true. Um, Adam chose Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so that is uh, the entirety of our picks. Uh, Sal never picks anybody, so I guess he automatically loses. So we're going to go on over to our independent dates. So, Jeff, go ahead and lead us off here. This Saturday, the stars of Brew City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin, with Headlock for Hunger. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45 p.m. Tickets are $20 reserved ringside and advance $16 on BrewCityWrestling1.com or $18 at the door. Fans are encouraged to bring two cans of non-perishable foods for the less fortunate during the holidays. So much happened last month with the Brown family, with the Brown family kicking the Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows out of the family. The BCW World Heavyweight Championship bearded bruiser Max Holiday and Roadhouse James Vincent pummeled Doc Simmons till Knox Onyx till Onyx Andretti made the save, running them off with a chair. And the news of the night was the conversation conversion conversion. Oh, God. Oh, because oh, there's a priest. I got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the news of the night was the conversion of Sean Priest siding with the dark passenger Tyler Sullivan, forming an unholy alliance as they beat down the reigning BCW tag team champions, uh, the Axemen. What will happen November 17th? Be there to find out. Uh, yeah, the Axemen are actually taking on the unholy alliance there. Um, Bruce City Wrestling Heritage Championship, Midwest Slayer Stacy Shadows, who is your champion, will def- be defending it against demented Chucky Bates. Bearded Bruiser Max Holiday and Roadhouse versus Doc Simmons and Onyx Andretti. Lou Zur versus Maverick Boone with Angel Armani. Shooter Scott Marciano versus AC Riley. Evil Sierra will be in action. It was a return title bout, but due to a shoulder injury at the hands of Sierra, the Blue Phoenix has a special announcement. Manservant Baxter versus Rico De, De La Vega. Manservant Baxter, really? Hmm. Real name? I didn't edit that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, plus one more Fandemonium match. Wait, is that for that last one? There will be one more Fandemonium match, yep. Oh, oh, okay. So Bruce it hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, it has been announced. Okay. Instagram uh, is Bruce City Wrestling. Twitter is at BCW1. Facebook is Bruce City Wrestling. All right. And after that day, that day Sunday, November 18th, I, ICW returns to the Lepica Lounge, making his ICW return to Violence is the Answer, the Necro Butcher. Necro, I saw that. Necro will be a special guest ref for that. Oren Veet versus Dale Patricks. That's very funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> we will also have a very special Q&A meet and greet for Necro fans. Uh, the Choose Death VIP package includes pizza and beers with a Necro Butcher from 1 p.m. till 3 p.m. Because, you know, 1 o'clock is a good time to get drunk. Yeah. All ticket holders will get one beer and one slice of pizza, plus photos and autographs with Necro, and a one-hour Q&A where you can chat up one of the greatest dudes in deathmatch history. This is only limited to 25 people, though. Can we edit that to greatest felons in Deathmatch history? I mean, he definitely definitely is a felon. 
Uh, you can pre-order the ICW Choose Death One Night Only Limited T-shirt for November. Two huge, ultra-insane death matches headline this night of bloodshed, weapons, and title defenses. Every match will have a stipulation, except for that one that doesn't have a stipulation. The main event will have a to-be-determined deathmatch stipulation for the ICW alternative title. As Insane 8 winner, the Dark Prophet Oren V, takes on LOA winner, Pro Wrestling's Jackass Dale Patrick. First time ever in ICW, the Frozen Tundra Deathmatch. Number one contenders all match for the alternative title as the Plaguebringer Marcus Crane takes on Dysfunction. Frozen Tundra match, of course, has pits of dry ice in the corners. The winner challenges the ICW alternative champion in December at ICW Insane Xmas Party. A first blood, blood match that was one year in the making as the fabled one, Aesop Mitchell, takes on Derek St. Holmes Esquire. A casket match for the ICW world title as GQ Janos takes on Joey Jet Avalon. The SCW Midwest title will be on the line. I forgot I wrote that. In a loser, limbs, <laughs> loser, loser loses a limb match as Adam Grace takes on the, the Marman Mario Cravello, Stacey Shadows, and a mystery talent. Fans bring the weapons match will be Psycho Chase McCoy versus Kato. ICW Tag Team title War Gauntlet will see the Foley Brothers, Shoots and Wanderers with Val Malone, the Bear Kingdom, and Caribbean Connection, and Just Saying. Fans should bring a noose, by the way. Yes, very much so. Uh, a random rumble will occur as 15 ICW wrestlers do battle for a future title shot for everything but the world title, featuring Resort Life, Hot Topic, Tyler Bagans, Tyler Sutherland, Gail Kim for the money, plus numerous surprise entrants. Gail Kim not scheduled to appear. VIP bonus matches will see a four-way elimination match between Sierra, Swagman, Jerry Jacks, Doc Simmons, and Riley Jackson. Zach McGuire will take on Jack Blackwell with Miss Hatred, and Kyle Pro takes on JDX. Um, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to the Newbury Elks Lodge on Saturday night, November 24th. This is the Boys and Girls Club of Lower Merrimack Valley Toy Drive. Wow. (laughs) I'm back. Uh, For each unwrapped toy that is donated, you will receive $5 off a general admission ticket. Like the way I said it better. Card will be headlined by the APW Heavyweight Champion Dynamite Danny Miles, defending the title against the Big Bacon Brad Hollister. Demon Ortiz will address the fans for the first time since his shocking return at the Gilbank Memorial Wrestle Royal. A new APW Women's Champion will be crowned when the Widow Belmont and Vanity Vixen square off for the vacant title. Robo the Punjabi Lion makes his first defense of the APW New England Championship when he takes on one of his trainers, fabulous Johnny Vegas, in a teacher versus student showdown. The Hampton Beach bad boy Hunter Ward takes on the returning masshole Mike McCarthy. Front row reserve seats $15, advanced general mission $10, $12 at the door. We also have a four corners elimination tag team match pitting Venom versus American Maid versus Ike and Cicero versus Stiff Mike and Bugsy Stone. Doors open at 6 p.m., 6.30 bell time. Card, as always, is subject to change. And... That does it for the rundown for this Thursday, November 15th. It has been three hours since Jeff wanted to kill himself thanks to WCW Nitro episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Email the show via RundownWrestling at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail like Tommy um, Molesta Salty did at 617-863-6967. That's 61Rundown7. We are also on Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron and listen to the great shit that's over there, which is pretty much just a bunch of episodes that I did. Listen to our friends at Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing with new podcasts every Monday. 
You can go to facebook.com slash thewpan or thewpan.com. Check out a friend, Justin Michaels, on the show, Yeslin Maltz, on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it live. Stay tuned to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear all of our shows. NXT Revisited, the Rundown Sit Down, the Nitro Mania Podcast, Glow Stick, and WrestleMania Salvation. Most of those shows are back. You can follow our host on Twitter at jstewart0920. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me change that really quickly. I threw it because in there. did you already? No, Doesn't no, say. I mean verbally threw it in there. Oh. Uh, we also, of course, have Jeff's new show, Hurry Up and Cruiserweight. You can follow our host on Twitter at jstewart0920 at rockstartroy at cutdemaniasal. At Allergic to Wednesdays, at Cancel the Rundown Show, at Johnny Analog, at Joker's Wild 720, at Hurry Up Cruisers, and at Brady Rose's Big Cock. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thanks, Troy. And to Jeff. And thanks again to Jason for our theme song. Next week, we review War Crimes and Survivor Series. So I guess that means we will see you next Thursday. Bye bye. <clears throat> Alright, so now you say something. Okay, alright, um, um, uh, 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 watch Harry Potter Cruiser. How do you watch an audio podcast? You can stare at your screen. Like yeah, that. you can. <clears throat> there is an image there. Yeah, you just look at it the whole one. Yeah, worse and worse. Bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was ejaculated into the world by Adam Salzer's sad, solitary nutsack, which was then cleaned up by a ball of Kleenex known as Troy and Jason. This week's episode was edited by a dude who would eat that used ball of Kleenex, and was hosted by three guys who have all jerked off to that weird China porn where she is painted up as She-Hulk. We are a member of the Questionable Endeavor Network, which, if it wasn't for perilous pretenders, would only be a tuning Japanese website. <laughs> Visit questionnetwork.com to listen to a bunch of grown men play with each other. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. <laughs>